Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to A Lens Into Medicine, a platform and community where future medical professionals are encouraged to join to learn more about what the future holds for them. I'm your host, Parth. This podcast will be a place where we talk about what really happens in medicine, including the healthcare education leading up. We'll bring on current university students, residents, and healthcare professionals to learn more about their experiences along the journey. Surrounded by the internet in this day and age, people only seem to highlight their wins and successes. As a result, I wish to bring transparency and reveal the raw details that lie along the way. I can't wait to meet you and I'm excited for what the future holds for us. Hello everyone, welcome back to Alenda to Medicine, where today we'll be talking about how you can become an expert in your specialty as a physician, including what you can do to stand out. Today our guest is Dr. Bot. So thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today, Doctor. Do you want to introduce yourself really quickly? Yeah, my name is uh, Dr. Adam Bot. Uh, I'm a pediatrician for about 18 years with Baylor, Scott & White, and I have studied um, functional medicine and Ayurvedic uh, medicine as a part of my uh medicine background and I have a biomedical engineering degree undergrad. So how's, you know, how's your work been going uh, recently? Is it, you know, is it stressful or are you kind of just normal day-to-day stuff? Uh, it's, it's good. I can't complain. I think I feel very blessed. I have a good staff and uh, I have very awesome patients. And so it stays steady, busy. It's always crazy in that regard, but I think I enjoy what I do and it stays busy. It keeps, days go by fast. Um, so I always ask everyone this when I start, why did you choose this specific career path? Honestly, mine is kind of simple. Uh, I grew up with my grandmother in the house and every day when you bow down to your grandmother, she was the one who would always say, Hey, I want you to become a good doctor. I want you to become a doctor. And so I feel like I have a very special relationship with my grandmother. And as I was graduating from high school, there were multiple fields that I liked. I liked engineering, I liked law, and I liked medicine, but I was leaning in that direction because that was something that was important to her. And then over the years, I have developed a passion and I enjoyed something that centers around people. Um, But it all started from a very early age in my mind because that was an important thing for my grandmother. And then um, did you do your biomedical engineering degree like as a pre-med or um kind of best of both worlds initially, and then you decided you want to go to medical school? You know, for me personally, I felt like um, I, I liked the math and engineering background because it helped me think better and it gave me better critical thinking skills. So I knew I was going to go into medicine, but I wanted a degree uh, in engineering so that some of the problem solving critical thinking skills that I had to tackle when you have a problem that you don't really understand in medicine to kind of come back and go back to fluid basic skills and break things down. I felt that engineering would give me a better base. Um, and that's why I went to University of Illinois Champaign-Urbana's engineering school for that. Okay, uh, really quickly, I can edit this out. Can you turn the light on if possible? Because like you're, like this part is... Slim, give me one second. Is that better or is that not going to give you the... That's better. That's better. Better? Okay. Uh, sorry about that. It's okay. No problem. I think these, these these glasses do a funky thing, so I don't know. But yeah. Anyway. Okay, no problem. Um, 
So you tell me if there's a change anything else. Yeah, no problem. Um, and then, yeah, so I'll just ask the question. Um, cool. So thank you. And then what, I guess, let's get into the questions regarding the topic we're going into. Um, when you're working, what mindset do you have to ensure that you can provide the best possible care to your patients? I think uh, in terms of mindset, I feel like uh, <clears throat> the basic mindset for me is that like people are important. Um, you know, you get into a certain amount of busyness and you see the same thing over and over again. And it's very easy for you to not have the mindset that, hey, this is somebody who's coming in with something that's bothering them, or this is some, somebody who's coming in and they have all these things that they're juggling and they're frustrated that their kid needs this or is not doing this. And it could be very simple and it could be very serious, uh, but for them it's stressful. And I think that if you care about people, uh, then you'll listen to them a little bit differently. You'll connect with them differently and you will take out the time to get to the root problem. So I feel for my myself, the mindset is how do you really care about them and then a product of that is getting getting to the basics, listening carefully, um, and and making them feel like they were heard properly. Um, until regarding this, do you think that this is something that a lot of others get caught up, especially in pediatrics, where sometimes you can be seeing a lot of the same thing every day? It's true. I mean, I think with any job, and definitely in pediatrics, there is a there's a you know a constant you know. I deal with a very specific population and sometimes, um, you know, kids not eating well, kids not growing well, there are certain things that will come over and over again in that mix. And to, instead of being judgmental, instead of being frustrated, to be able to step back and say, hey, this is something that's important and it's stressing them out and how am I going to meet them where they're at? I feel like with any, any, any doctor job, you end up seeing the same thing often mm -hmm. and to not let that be, make you insensitive you have to have a certain mindset to, to, to bring to the table in that regard. I see. And then what is something that is, you know, you do in your specialty that your competitors kind of lack in their workflow? I mean, I think one thing that's unique for me is that I'm somebody who's very more uh, natural oriented or kind of integrated oriented. And so I feel like if I can avoid using antibiotics, if I can find a more natural, wholesome cure, or if I can find a long-term process that makes them not stand medicines, um, I always say the goal of doctor, a doctor is to make sure that you don't have to come back to the doctor. And so how can you educate your patient and how can you have them understand long-term processes whenever they are? So when it comes to allergies, when it comes to gut stuff, I spend a lot of time educating and a lot of time giving them more natural or a more contextual understanding of why this is keep happening and what they can do about it so they don't have to come as much. Um, um, and I kind of want to shift to like, your whole kind of scope of your, you know, as you said, your 18 year career. Um, how important has it been over this period for you to reflect on some mistakes you've made and kind of put that in the back of your mind to make sure it doesn't happen again, or if it happens again, you can minimize the impact. I mean, it's, you know, in our field, mistakes are costly and can be a big deal. And so I think that um, it is very important to, 
regularly step back or even when you have a bad interaction with a patient where some patient gets upset and it could be because they waited long um, I think most people's gut instinct is to kind of cry uh, like like an injustice like how can that person not understand me um, versus to step back and say how can I have done this differently to not kind of fall into this situation and so I feel for me um, the stresses from a medical standpoint uh, is there something that I would have done differently if I caught something or if somebody came in twice, would I have seen that? We're always reflecting, uh, our, me and my colleagues are always thinking about things, looking back at things and say, hey, would we have done this differently? How could we do this better? Um, but the second part is also, if, how do you approach people with difficult problems or difficult lifestyle changes and it's not working? Um, to keep going back to the table and say, how will I do this differently so it has effectiveness? A lot of times in medicine, we give advice uh, for losing weight, for uh, change that's really hard. And a kid keeps coming back or a family keeps coming back and the solution is not there. Um, can we step back and say, maybe I need to approach this differently. Maybe the inertia here is differently and come back to instead of being like, hey, you're not doing this still and give somebody more guilt feeling or make them feel shamed. I feel like, uh, so for me, those things over the years, I feel like I'm trying to change the way I approach it mm -hmm. so that I can make a connection and get to the bottom or say like, hey, what have you tried and where are you stuck? What is one thing you can commit to? So I feel like a lot of that interaction is changing. And then a lot of my, when I was, first became a doctor, I would get really like um, irritated when a patient got upset or a patient was difficult. And now I feel like I don't take it personally as much. And I really, I'm trying to figure out like how to shift that energy. So if somebody gets mad at me and says, Hey, you're late. I wait all the time. I try to explain it to them, but I still apologize and be humble about it and uh, change that interaction. Cause it's stressful to be in a profession when somebody is always upset. So the more you can shift the energy, the better off it is. So to kind of like keep coming back to those interactions and saying, how can we do them differently? Right. Um, and then like once the mistake is made and you kind of talked over with your colleagues, you kind of, you know, step back and had some time to think about it. What is one way that you make sure it doesn't happen again or you try and you kind of learn from it? Um, I think for... For most of it, I feel like there's a lot of processes that we set. There's a lot of conventions like a like when I walk into a room, am I, you know, seeing the history? You know, we have to do a lot of quick things. And so the quick checks that we have, the the closed loops of checking certain things, repeating certain things. Um, I feel like we try to work on our systems um, and our communication systems. Like we had a had a problem where somebody called into our call center once about something that was more emergent and and it got put to like oh you could kind of just take your time so we we go back in our systems to Baylor to the top look at that call see what happened retrain everybody involved and so there's always a feedback loop and a closed kind of execution item that what is the thing in the system we have to change so that this doesn't happen again right. and then we kind of take care of it and then we monitor that to see if it happens again and then if there's like other than kind of um from a non kind of medical standpoint, from more like a professional standpoint, um, what is one of the main things that you've learned over your career? Like after kind of having these many patient interactions, I know you talked about like, uh, uh, you know, going into everything and even if they're kind of mad at you getting late, trying to explain things to them, what is one, I think the most important thing that you've learned over, over time? 
You know, I, I think pediatrics is very different in the sense that you're talking to the parents a lot equally and talking to the kids and you're seeing a kid grow up over 18 years. And so I feel like for me, um, there are very serious things that happen to kids and then people are stuck in very small things. Uh, we in our office and our system and parents with their kids about what they're frustrated about. Uh, and so for me, I feel like just um, life is sometimes short and you want to be able to uh, enjoy the time that you have with kids and enjoy the process with your kids. And so I feel like there's a big push in me for a lot more better communication between parents and kids, understanding of each other. Uh, I feel like there's a certain amount of um, enjoyment that I get of the role that I get to play in families. And so for me, the big learning curve is that as a pediatrician, you have a special window into family and you can be um, very present. You can be very understanding and hold space for you know families in a big way. And the second thing is that every, every simple thing that we think from a lifestyle change is a lot more complicated. You know, parents have jobs, they're stressed out. There's so many layers. And in pediatrics, if I don't unpeel kind of root causes and hear them out with all the different directions, then I may not get to the bottom of things. And so taking out the time to understand that a kid's stomach pain or stress uh, can be related to so many things going on in the home. And if you never even address those or never even talk about those, they'll keep coming in and you'll never even get to the bottom of things. And so to be able to kind of dig deeper also is a big thing. Um, and then to be humble. A medicine is complicated. We know maybe a fraction of it. And so if you get to be somebody who gets overconfident, you'll miss something. Um, and you'll also give uh, rub people the wrong way. So always being very humble in that. Right. Um, and then you earlier in the podcast, you talked about like your work environment in general and your staff, how, how important and what role does your work environment or your colleagues play in maximizing your potential? I can say that I have been with the same people, like the same colleagues, same doctors for 18 years, all my medical career as a doctor in practice. And um, the friendship that we have, the understanding of each other that we have uh, makes our job so much easier. So when there's not a competition, when there is a respect for the strengths of each doctor, when there is no politics between you and you can be transparent when you have a difficult patient that you share and you have a question, you can go to that doctor. I feel like a lot of the stress in an office comes from these things like money matter, yeah. uh, politics, uh, you know, feeling like somebody is going behind your back and saying this. I feel like in our office, I feel very blessed that the two doctors that I've worked with the longest and the whole time um, have been amazing. Uh, we have a new nurse practitioner. That's awesome. She's very dependable. And I think that that is one big stress that gets lifted off of us. So that culture, like when you go, medicine itself is requires a lot of endurance. When your relationship with your nurse and your colleagues is going well, it creates a lot more smooth operations. I think during the pandemic time, a lot of nurses were getting sick and people were out. There was a lot of stress at that time because we were understaffed and there was a little bit of burnout going on at that time. I feel now we, uh, it's a little bit better that that stress of people being gone for 10 days is, is gone at stretches. And so I feel like the relationship with the nurse and your colleagues does make a difference for quality of life and balance. Mm -hmm. And uh, even we, we make sure that we understand each other's other important things in life and how can we facilitate uh, vacations and stuff. So I feel like for quality of life and balance, those colleagues and that staff becomes a big 
player in, in making your job satisfaction. The people you look forward to, you enjoy, you laugh with. Uh, you spend so much time at work, you want to enjoy the people. And then um, I want to talk about kind of quality of life in this sense and um, having a balance of, of you're working super hard to go to the top, to become one of the best in your area, in your specialty, but you're also still enjoying your life with your family, whoever it is. Um, but let's say like someone is a early resident and they their kind of notion is that they have to just work long hours and keep working, keep working to get to the top and become a professional, like become someone in their industry whom they're one of the most respected or something like that. Um, what would you kind of say to them regarding how you can be efficient with both your work and both your family life? So I would say two things. If I step back and I'll say that there is an endurance, there is a rigor in medicine that every resident or uh, you know medical student has to go through. So you have to be having a good work ethic. You have to fight hard. But I feel like in the process of building a resume, building a good, good, good skill set from, you know, that when somebody looks at you and says, hey, you did this research, you did that. I feel like a lot of people spend a lot of time on that. But the part that builds your character kind of uh, doesn't make you self-centered, uh, makes you care about people uh, genuinely, uh, keeps you humble. That's your character building process. And I feel like a lot of times through this high school, college, and medical school and residency, sometimes the humanity and character part, whatever processes you have for that, they get sidelined. And you're so consumed with your career path and education that brings that, that I would say that to be a successful doctor, your character building process that keeps you humble, unselfish, and centered really makes a difference. And so, um, and then I would say the second thing is just that you have to draw boundaries uh, where you, if you do too much of one thing and you get so consumed and rock your balance, then it makes you unhealthy, makes you mentally and emotionally unhealthy. And medicine is the one place where you give advice to people, but if you don't practice it, you don't have the same clout. And so if you are not able to clean up your diet because of long hours, not get your sleep or be able to do the meditative or spiritual practices that keep you healthy, um, it's hard to guide other people to be healthy in a total in, in a total way. Mm -hmm. So you have to demonstrate that, and you have to fight for those balances in some ways. But part of it is even saying no. Like it took me a long time to learn to say no. I used to work crazy hours. I could never say no to a patient. But then I'd be going home at eight o'clock every day, um, and then I'd be tired with my kids. So there is a learning curve on that. Right. And then uh, my last question before we kind of wrap up the podcast, and I ask my concluding question, um, is what is something that all experts in whatever their special, like whatever the specialty is, whether it's general surgery or it's pediatrics in your case, um, what do they have in common? I think um, there's a work ethic that medicine requires in its training and an endurance. Like I feel like a lot of jobs, like you can take a break through the day. Like once our day begins, you have to be on completely on all day. And uh, you can have a bad day. You can have other things happening in life. Somebody can chew you out. It doesn't matter. You have to be on and you have to be able to be present. You have to be detailed oriented and you have to deliver your job. And I feel like that type of rigor, that type of endurance 
um, is something that most doctors, all professions in medicine require because you work with a human being. You're not working with a thing. You're not working with a computer. You're working with a person. And um, if you're not on, uh, then that person will feel it. You can miss something important. And um, that job demands that on a daily basis. And so people have to train to build that tolerance and build that endurance and have that work ethic. And a lot of our training is rigorous for that reason, that it's not yeah. going to be always academically rigorous, but the people aspect is always going to be rigorous. Right. Right and then I always ask my uh, other hosts this in the end. Um, if you had one piece of advice that you could give to people who want to get to where you are and are what, wherever they are on the journey, whether it's high school, undergrad, medical student, what would you tell them? Oh, man, I think I said it right now, but I would say this way that, I mean, uh, what I started saying initially was that I feel like when I have people who come to my office, a lot of people say this, hey, I'm pre-med, I'm going into medicine. So first time they always say, hey, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to try to go into medicine. So the first thing I always say, don't say try. Like if that's what you want, as competitive as it's become and as hard as it's become, yeah. you buckle down and do what you need to do to get in. But you don't you don't decide to do a, a you know a profession uh, as a maybe. You you buckle down and you really put in the effort and the time and the energy to do it. And so really decide very convincingly that this is what you want. Um, but the second thing is I see a lot of people spending a lot of time in uh, getting their GPA up, getting their MCAT score up, going here, going there, paying a lot of money. And I feel like the, the process that makes you a good human being and, you know, like how you understand gratitude, how you understand being unselfish, I feel like that process sometimes gets beat out of people in this training. And I feel like that's the one that when I look at a doctor and they say like, hey, he's happy, I think he's successful, I feel like that part is very vibrant in a lot of people. And I feel like that doesn't get, that gets underemphasized um, as, as people go through their training. And I feel like, so don't compromise the deeper parts of your bigger journey that make you a better human being as you become a doctor, because that's what people will notice. They notice you as a person, like you can be extremely intelligent, but make people feel small, make people feel unheard and feel lousy. And that's coming from a very different place of your training. It's the parenting, it's your spiritual process, your character building process. And so don't not give that priority in this critical window because so much of who you are is being shaped in this time. And if it's everything is for that career oriented resume building, then sometimes this becomes hollow. Don't don't let that happen. Would be my advice. Thank you so much for being such a great guest, Dr. Bot. And to the listeners, if you've made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Um, I'm on Instagram at Alenza Medicine, and my website is also alenzamedicine.com. We have a bunch of content, blogs, podcasts that you should check out. If you have any more questions, you can contact me using my website. And if you have any more questions for Dr. Bot, you can also contact me through there. I'll get you the answer um, as soon as I can. And Dr. Bot, do you have any kind of final remarks you want to say to the listeners? No, I think that a lot of times people talk about systems and medicine has changed and it was this way before. I would say it is still one of the most noble professions and it's extremely enjoyable. And I think we're going through a time where there's a lot of new things that we're figuring out that the, the model of medicine and the way we think about the body is changing. So it's an exciting time. So there's never been a more exciting time to be in medicine and there's nothing more exciting than working with people. So I wish everybody the best. Thank you so much. And again, thank you guys for listening. I'll see you all next time.